Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park This is the place where Black is the main character, where we dive into something new like the latest season of Them, The Scare, and the award-winning American fiction. Or add to the experience by buying or renting the biopic of a legend, Bob Marley, One Love. And add on channels like Paramount Plus and Stars to bask in nostalgia with Beverly Hills Cop and BMF. Explore Prime Video's culture-rated collection and enjoy old-school greats and new-school hits. Restrictions apply. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. Welcome back to another episode of Within the Lines. Coming at you on Wednesday, December 8th, 2021. Today, we are recapping episode four. Already episode four. Two-thirds yeah. the way through Hawkeye, uh, the latest Disney Plus limited series. I don't know. This series is a little interesting. I feel like it's a little uh, vanilla, a little dull. This was kind of a character-building episode, I guess, if you want to say that. Yep. It was definitely the classic. I mean, we've gotten a few of these series now. Kind of understand the formula. Um, it was kind of a classic set it up for the final act, episode five and six kind of episode. So might not be as much Hawkeye talk as uh, previous weeks. Yeah. I mean, you're not wrong. And uh, after that, we were reviewing. What are we reviewing? Ty? We were reviewing King Richard, the biopic of Venus and Serena Williams father, Richard Williams, King Richard starring Will Smith, per- perhaps a uh, an Oscar worthy movie. I don't know. There's we'll Oscar buzz. That. Yes, we will talk about that. We will talk about if Will Smith could get nominated, win his first Oscar. I don't know. Let's get into the show. 60% of the time, it works every time. What? We just become best friends. Yep. I don't feel so good. Hulk smash! I'm not fucking leaving. Episode four of Hawkeye Tie. The return I have been waiting for, the reveal I have been waiting for, is not Kingpin. It was not Echo. It was not Haley Steinfeld. That's it, not a reveal. Was, she, she just showed up immediately. It was Florence Pugh, a.k.a. Yelena Boliva. Yelena. I don't know if that's her last name. <laughs> you a Boliva that her last name is Yelena Boliva? Yes. Um, Florence Pugh, who is undoubtedly, to me, the best part of the Black Widow movie. Belova. Um Fresh in our minds, you know, it came out a lot later than it was supposed to be. This would have been, I don't know, do you think it would have been different? I mean, we're watching this by ourselves, and we're not in a theater, so we don't know how people are taking it. But, like, would it have been, like, a bigger, not a surprise, because you know she was going to show up at some point, but would it be, like, cooler if it was, like, Black Eye released, you know, a year and a half ago, and now Hawkeye's out, and now she shows up? Like, dang, we haven't seen her in a while. Or, like, opposed to now, where it's been, like, a few months, and she's already back in the fold. I don't know. That's just... I, I kind of like it, because it's still fresh enough to where you still remember, and it's like, oh, yeah. I'm also the dumbass who did not know who the mysterious fighter woman was, even when they took off the mask, and it was, like, the blonde hair. Are you... The whole time you didn't realize that was going to be her? No. How? I thought it was going to be her mom. I was like, that's a wild twist, and they took it off. I was like, that's blonde hair, and her mom braided her hair. As soon as they showed that character, yeah, I'm pretty sure there was like teasers of that character, like they teased it or something. I saw, first, I saw it before the episode, and I was like, "Oh, Florence Pugh's back!" Like, okay, yeah, no, I did not. I, I'm fucking dumbass, <laughs> but it's cool to see her. Yeah, I mean, how she plays into this final two parts, how you know the whole thing with Echo, and you know, we talked a lot about Kingpin the last week and maybe the week before because they've been teasing it, and maybe like I think I suggested this as well is that like. Kingpin's probably not going to be integral to this story. Like, he'll be revealed in some way, shape, or form at the end, and then they'll set up the Echo show, and that's when he'll become integral. But any fans who are, like, hoping for this Kingpin reveal for him to, like, you know, kind of like WandaVision, you know, hoping from Mephisto, but waiting for this reveal to, you know, have something happen in this series, it probably just isn't happening in this series other than, hey, this guy exists in this universe. Yeah, and I think that's probably all we're getting. 
Um, it'll be interesting to see if Kingpin is somehow related to like, cause obviously Yelena's fighting um, Echo here. So she didn't get hired by the tracksuit mafia. What do you, uh, excuse me. Like, what do you mean? <laughs> so <laughs> you broke my brain. Yelena is fighting Echo in this scene as well. Yes. Yes. So they're not working together. So she was either hired by, well, she was member the, the, the and credit scene. Val- Black Widow. Yeah. Valentina yeah. thing. But like, yeah. How does that tie into the story is more so what I'm wondering. I don't know. Like if it's just two separate things going on at once or if they're going to be interlaced somehow. Like if Kingpin's working with the Valentina chick and like bankrolling oh, the operation. And that's Dark Avengers yeah. is because of Kingpin. I could see it. And like Kingpin's pissed off at Echo for drawing all the attention. So he's trying to get them like taken care of immediately. I could see it. I, I, I just spitballing here. I mean, I'm I'm looking at Kingpin's uh, Wikipedia here. The emissaries of evil. Fuck Kingpin's emissaries of evil. That's pretty sick. Is uh, yeah, I don't know. It looks like something that they fight Shield with. Okay. Um, I don't know, man. I, that very well could be it, and that's a good way to kind of give a big boss like a. Obviously, the girl of uh, Julie Louis Dreyfus. Ju- Ju- Julia Lu- Louis, Louis Dreyfus. Dreyfus. Yeah. Um, Mrs. Dreyfus, um, she's not to say she's not a big bad or anything, but like it would be cool to have the kingpin to, to rival Nick Fury, and then you get like a kingpin Nick Fury scene in the future. That could be cool. Depending who are they gonna is kingpin? You is, he's in Daredevil. Is it gonna be the same actor? Are we thinking? Is he not in Daredevil? Kingpin? Yeah, he is, and it's uh, Vincent D'Onofrio. He's a great mm-hmm. actor, great in the role. Um, I'm I'm very hopeful it's him, and he's been very vocal about how happy he is that. Um, un- I mean, unrelated, but also MCU news. Confirmed Charlie Cox's Daredevil. Yeah, I was going to get to that, but all right. I'm just saying it relates here because they confirmed that. They didn't say when. Expectations are it's in Spider-Man. But whenever Daredevil does return, it's going to be Charlie Cox again. Well, they were... You would, you'd love to keep that pairing of Kingpin. They were very... Uh, Kevin Feige was very sure to say, if he appears in the MCU, it will be this actor who portrays him. And so. if that so happens to be in two weeks... Yeah, it's just like Big Ben saying, if I, you know, I'm not, I don't know. I'm trying to spin it, how Big Ben's going to come back. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what actor it is, but I don't think it's it's implemental to this specific story, and it's probably more implemental to the Echo story, and probably more, I don't even know if I'm using the word correctly, implemental. Um, to <laughs> Integral? Integral, yeah, to uh, an overall bigger story. I don't know. We always talk about bigger and, you know, bigger stories in the MCU, and maybe it's just not. I don't know. But Kingpin's such a big villain i mean he was in 2009 he was ranked as ign's 10th greatest comic book villain of all time fuck yeah like any comic book 10th and he's one of those guys who uh, he would play very well as like a leader type thing because he's got money mm-hmm. so like if he is teaming up and putting together like that dark avengers and that's kind of the mcu twist on it to where like and he's like they're very specific to call him like maya's boss and stuff like he's very much this looming figure at yeah, this point a, a in the little, mcu a little played out yeah, it's it's very but, obvious I mean, and on the nose, yeah. and we know exactly who they're talking about. But yeah. I think that's kind of helping build up the higher power figure thing. And he, we're not ready for him. We don't want to piss off her boss, and yeah. she's drawing attention, and her boss doesn't like that. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I mean, ninety nine percent chance it gets revealed how Kingpin works into this story at the very end of episode six. It is not a part of this story. Yeah, He's sure. just going to relate to this to branch off for their own thing. Yeah, for sure. Um, I just realized a little bit, you know, off topic. Uh, Lev Shriver was the one who voiced Kingpin in Into the Spider-Verse. Leave Shriver, excuse me. Okay. Do you know who that is? That's a Hard Knocks guy. Hard Knocks? The guy who voices, uh, who does the voiceover in Hard Knocks. Is that who does the voice? I think so. Unless I'm just a total idiot right now, which is also possible. He plays Sabretooth in the really shitty Venom movie. Oh, really shitty Venom movie. Yeah. Which one? Wolverine Origins or, or something. Venom? Ven- I said uh, Deadpool. You mean Deadpool? No, Wolverine. Oh. Okay. I meant Wolverine. Okay. Uh, Kingpin is number 10. I, I just found the list. Can you guess who's ahead of Kingpin? Ooh. Just like comic books? Yeah. Lex Luthor. Okay. Hold up. Hold up. Let me go to number one. Um, Lex Luthor is number four. Okay. Fuck yeah. Um, when was this article released? I don't know. It doesn't have a date. Thanos. Because um, if they're including like movie stuff, duh. No. Thanos is not on here. Okay. So it's just like comic book stuff. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's probably some more Spidey villains in there. 
perhaps. We'll go. We'll go like Doctor Octopus. No. Okay. Fuck it. Tell me the list. Wow, Ty, that was quick. Venom. Um, Do they count no, him? Venom was higher up. Um, number nine is Dark Phoenix. Okay, X Men. Again, I'm like movie based. There's been two shitty movies about that. Don't count it as a good villain. Number eight, Loki. Okay, kind of good guy. Got his own show. <laughs> number seven, uh, Roz Al Ghul. Okay, that's Batman. the guy who trains Batman, right? Yeah. Number six, Dark Side. Okay. Number five, Galactus. Okay, he'd be grubbing on planets. Lex Luthor. Number three, Doctor Doom. Okay, he's yeah. Number two, Probably the Joker. Oh, yeah, that's an obvious one. <laughs> and number one, which shocks me, Magneto. Okay. I, I think in comic books, Magneto is very popular. Yeah, I mean, cool as shit. I can't even tell you what Magneto's powers are, and anyone who's listening to this pod and thinks we know anything about comics just turned it off. I apologize. How um, do you not? I haven't seen the X Men movies. It's just metal. It's a magnet. Magneto. So he's a magnet. He just controls metal. You can do anything with metal. That's pretty sick. Yeah, it's really uh, it's fucking great in the movies because Wolverine this is like a metal skeleton. So he just like makes him a puppet. He just rip his skeleton out of his he flesh. Could, he probably could. That's pretty sick. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Pretty cool fucking power. He's a villain? I thought he was an X-Men. Very. Well, he's the X-Men's like main villain. He's a mutant. Does like he the start X-Men. as an X Men? And like he starts as part of the X Men, but then gets like cast away. Like early, early days. So like X Men First Class. It's like the origin type type of thing. Again, strictly movies. Don't know comics. And like him and Professor Xavier are like best friends. But then Professor Xavier is like, no, mutants need to do good. And Magneto's like, no, mutants are the future. Fuck humans. I do know this from WandaVision that Wanda is his daughter in the comics. Fuck yeah. Very true. So I don't know. Maybe he comes up too. Um, yeah, anything else on Hawkeye, though, episode four, as we um, the, the, trailed off a little. The watch. We don't yeah. know who's the watch is. Um, Hawkeye very specifically says an old friend. Um, and He's been out of the game for a while. Yeah, which I, I just think it's going to be a new character. Okay. I, I can't think of anyone that I can relate to in, in terms of Hawkeye and ground level type stuff. Yeah. Um, there's theories that it's Steve Rogers and it's old man Steve's watch, and it's going to show... You know, kind of where old man Steve's at right now. I maybe it I was mean, at Avengers Camp Compound, so it's protected by like. We did bring up the fact that they keep throwing the Rogers musical in our face, so that would be kind right of a way face. to just tie it together. Yeah, in some way. Um, it said it should have been destroyed years ago. Yeah, its so. existence also acts as evidence that'll blow the cover of somebody he used to work with. When I watched it, I thought it was just his watch when he was Ronan. <laughs> Like, is, is that wrong to think that? I, I didn't. I thought it was something else. But I could kind of maybe see them doing that. Like, that's I the that's the Ralph Bonner easy way out where it's like, yeah, it was him. It was his identity. Which, again, right next to the watch is the list of his family. And he yeah. was very clear in, like, Age of Ultrons and everything, kept his family off the books. No one knew he had a family. And mm-hmm. now not only do they know, but a villain found out. Mm-hmm. Probably not good. Yeah, for sure. Miles away from his family. Maybe the watch. This is a den of geek. Their first um, first uh, guess was Captain America as well. Okay. Um, second guess, Laura Barton. So it's his wife's. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Maybe his wife was a superhero. Uh, number third, Jack Dun Dugesny. Jack Dugesny. I don't know who that. Oh, is that the that's the fiance? Yeah. They met. They were face to face. They're not old um, friends. He's not out of the game. Okay, so he hear murdered me out. a guy this like one two weeks crazy. ago. In it story. just might work. Okay, is what the article says. Our mysterious swordsman has been a target of Kate's from the beginning. She's been so, she's been so nonstop suspicious of all his actions all this time that there has to be more to it. He's an absolutely red herring, but one with a secret. He's still an exceptionally skilled doofus who isn't showing all his cards. In the comics, Jack joined the Avengers as a mole. Perhaps in the MCU, he might be treacherous in a different way. Maybe he, he and Clint did recognize each other but kept quiet. The connection to Tracksuit Mafia, his relationship with the also suspicious Eleanor Bishop, all undercover work. He's just trying to play it cool in front of the determined young woman who he knows he's hiding something. Eh. I mean, he's Nick good Fury. with the sword. Maybe that's where Hawkeye got like his sword work from. I really want a scene where it's like he didn't recognize him, and then Jack pulls off that ridiculous mustache, and he's like, <laughs> it was a disguise. <laughs> Nick Fury. And then my my favorite guest because i said this before the pod uh phil colson yeah that'd just be so boring it would it'd be the lamest shit ever um they also guess mockingbird 
Okay. Is that Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah. character? Uh, William Burnside. I no clue. Um, this is uh the the Red Guardian. Oh fuck yeah, that makes sense. I can see that. A little relation to Natasha. Figure out who her old family was, who she used to work with. Maybe it's like villain on villain stuff. Makes sense that Hawkeye has a connection to him. He was out of the game. Yeah, for a long time. Too. Yeah, yeah. That'd be cool. I like that character. But yeah, I feel like I we just got. We just got the other Black Widow to get the other Captain America, both from Black Widow. Is that too many connections to the Black Widow movie? Yeah, but there is a character arc about him getting over Black Widow's death, so it's true. Knows? Yeah. Maybe we should go back and uh, watch it. Yeah. I'm okay. Um, in fact, the Rolex appears to be a Barton family heirloom is what this article says. Um, maybe it's like Clint's dad. Maybe. Maybe his dad was like like Robin Hood. Maybe. I don't know. Can't tell you. Okay. I don't know. We'll find out. <laughs> sure <of> that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know. It was cool to see Yelena. Um, however, the best thing about her was like the conversations because mm-hmm. she's a Larry's character mm-hmm. and they just put a mask on her and didn't give her a line, which there's two more episodes. Yeah. But like it was a reveal, but like, give me some quips. Kate's pretty funny in this show. Yelena was pretty funny she's in the Black Widow off. movie. She thinks she give me some funny interactions. She thinks Hawkeye killed her sister. Give me some funny interactions. There will be some, maybe. I hope so. Those are two good characters. Don't waste them. They're not going to waste them. Ty, anything else for this episode, though? No. no, I'm looking forward to next week. Are you looking forward to it? I am. I've enjoyed this show. Not a crazy amount, but it's been it's been interesting. I like the character dynamic. I like the deep dive on Hawkeye and the emotional stuff. It's been okay. I, I think it's been a little better than okay. I don't know. I just, I guess I just like the supernatural more. The Lokis and the WandaVisions of the world. That's fair. Oh, next week, Supernatural is going to be Spider-Man. So, two weeks. Oh well, next next Spider-Man comes out next week. Two two weeks. Next Thursday. Oh, okay, I get you. Yeah, yeah. Is when we're going to go see it. Yeah, you're right. Which we might have to tweak the podcast schedule. Do we just release that on Friday? Episode four. I don't know. I well, don't know. I mean, we usually next week we're reviewing. Um, don't look up on Wednesday, and then the next day we see Spider-Man and don't have to record that until the next Wednesday. Yeah. But we could do it early if we want it. Right after we watch it. Super fresh. Yeah. Fuck it. What movie theater are we going to? I don't remember. I think Civic Plaza. The Chargers also play Thursday Night Football that night. I mean, I which, which one's more important? Watching the oh, Chargers Spider-Man. lose? Spider-Man, for sure, but okay, it just kind of sucks. I can't watch my team. It does suck, but it's all right. I'll see a little bit. I don't got any more Hawkeye talk, Ty. How about we go into a movie? I have a lot to talk about this movie. Maybe not. It was a great movie. I've been looking forward to it. I saw this trailer about a month ago. I saw. I said it looked great. I talked to you about it. You saw the trailer. And then we needed a movie to watch, and it was on HBO Max, so it lined up perfectly. King Richard, Ty. Let's do it. Within the Lines would not be possible without Anchor by Spotify. It is the easiest way to make a podcast and has been how we have made our podcast for over two years now. Anchor has everything we could need to make a podcast. And if you were thinking about starting your own podcast, you definitely should take advantage of their resources. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. We have fancy mics. You don't need a fancy mic to use Anchor. When hosting on Anchor, you can even distribute your podcast to listening platforms such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, wherever you want to listen to your podcast. Anchor does that work for you. You think me and Tyler are smart enough to figure this stuff out by ourselves? Absolutely not. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And of course, the best part, because me and Tyler are cheapies, Anchor is totally free. Anchor's been great for us. It's been what we have been using. Um, we highly, highly recommend it. And if you were thinking about making a podcast yourself, we encourage you to download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Let's get back to the pod. Armed with a clear vision and a brazen 78-page plan, Richard Williams is determined to write his two daughters, Venus and Serena, into history. Training on tennis courts in Compton, California, Richard shapes the girls' unyielding commitment and keen intuition. Together, the Williams family defies seemingly insurmountable odds and the prevailing expectations laid before them. You know, I'm proud of you for powering through and not just asking to start over. No, no, we're just keeping it authentic. kind of fucked that up. I'm a one-take. It was, it, always, was, it, was, yeah. it was a page and plan, and I, I the L got mixed in between there somewhere. Starring uh, Will Smith, 
Anjuani Ellis. I know I mispronounced that. Apologies. John Bernthal. That's a name I know. Yeah. John Bernthal. Um, great. Sanaya Sidney, Demi Singleton, Tony Goldwyn, kind of Will Smith and the kind of everyone else, but that's okay. Um, not a huge budget movie. It is a biopic about, not about Venus and Serena, but about their father, Richard Williams, who I did some research on this Mr. Williams, base level research, and he was kind of like LeVar Ball before LeVar Ball. But exact not crazy. vibes. Exact vibes I was getting. Um, like LeVar Ball had a 78 page plan on how to be like this man. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, in LeVar Ball, you know, we t- people talk shit about him, but, I mean, he got his kids to the league. Two of his three made it to the fucking NBA. Like, that is a, a, a great accomplishment. Yeah. Um, It's just – and I don't know, King Richard maybe – King Richard. Richard Williams, I don't know if he would have <laughs> went on first take and argued with Stephen A if it existed back then. <laughs> maybe he would have. I it don't know. It seems like he was he enjoyed the media and stuff. So, uh, LeVar – but the thing with LeVar is he always did seem like he did it a little bit for himself, which, I don't know, they explore that topic in this film. Yeah. Um, but it is a biopic about, you know, the father and kind of the upbringing of the Williams sisters and kind of the their inspiration and the reason they became where they are. I mean, Serena is the greatest female athlete of all time. Venus is her bro- her sister. Um, also great. One of I the best ever, but on. not Serena. It's, uh, it's fucking crazy. I was looking up their, like, career stats today, and – it's like Serena's won like seventy three majors or something crazy. Like maybe it's not seventy three. No, I, it says at the end of the movie. I'm pretty sure it's like seventy three Grand Slams or whatever. Yeah, like the there's four of them a year, and Venus has won like nineteen. Serena's in the seventies. Yeah, like it, it's just crazy. That's just um, wild. To have that's two... also counting doubles. So the doubles add to that. Okay, I mean, how fucking demoralizing is it if you have to face these two sisters in doubles? Yeah, I mean they fucking. They just dominated. I don't know. Like, I feel like I don't know this for fact. I could be wrong here, but I would bet every single time they played a doubles tournament, they won. I like who's gonna beat them? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. You gotta hope both sisters are off their game, yeah. despite the fact that they're like two of the best like ten female tennis players ever. Well, Serena's number one. I yeah, mean, Venus is probably top five too. That's um, what I'm saying. Venus is probably top ten. Serena's one of one. Ever lost in doubles? Because that's just like that's like fucked up. Um, let's see here. I can't even think of a comp. So their first uh, doubles loss, I think, was in the Olympics. That sucks. Oh, don't fuck up there. Uh, Serena and Venus Williams had never, okay, so it said had never lost an Olympic doubles match. So I don't know about like tour. They had never lost an Olympic doubles match until Sunday night. This was 2016. Um, going 15-0 and and earning thir- three gold medals, medals together. Jesus Christ. Um, and they finally lost. Um... They lost to Lucy Safarova and Barboa Strykovova from the Czech Republic. The Czech, real into fucking tennis. Yeah, um, this is crazy. Um, they had never won any sort of match as a pair at any event ever, and they had zero wins between them in Olympics doubles competition, going a combined 0-3 with other partners. What were the betting odds on that tennis I, match? Yeah. If I could go back and bet one sporting event, I don't know. Maybe number one is Leicester City to win the Premier League that year. They were like 5,000 to one or 50,000 to one. And number two might be for Lucy Sarfavova and whatever to beat the Williams sisters in the Olympics because money. <laughs> they had to have been like plus fucking like with the money you have. Wasn't even odds. Like if so you high. can time travel, but you have the money you have in your bank account. Mm-hmm. So like there's a limit. What's the highest odds of something you can go back on like a major That's- event bet? That's got to be up there. Yeah. That's got to be real fucking up there. And I'm just saying one thing. I'm not saying go back and parlay fucking 30 yeah, games in one day. one bet. Yeah. That's that's crazy. Um, so they've lost in the Olympics. I know that much. Um, but, yeah, I mean, they're, they're two of the GOATs. Serena is the GOAT. Um, maybe even some say the greatest athlete of all time. Um, she's definitely up there for sure. She's got commercials going right now where she's Wonder Woman. Really? I have not seen those. Yeah, it's like it's like for Hulu for like live sports and movies. It's Hulu like Wonder Woman, sports. Serena, Wonder Woman, Serena, and then Serena Williams like ends up in the Wonder Woman thing. It starts hitting tennis balls at like robots or something. I I don't know. Like villainous villainous things. Nice. Yeah. Uh Serena has won ninety four million dollars in prize money. Fuck. Ninety four million. That's just prize, prize money. Not, not sponsors, not Yeah, endorsements, anything. Um, that is number one all time for women. Number two, can you guess? Venus, <laughs> Venus at forty-two million. Holy shit! So legitimately one and two. Yeah, that's fucking crazy. Um, yeah, that is. I mean, I don't know. Men's most money won tennis. I don't know. Federer and Nadal have kind of dominated. Uh, Djokovic. Wow, 
<laughs> Look at you not knowing tennis, you dumb fuck. <laughs> I always thought Djokovic was kind of like the third guy, but I guess. I Isn't guess he I'm... like the newest, though? So it's probably like more money now. So he's got to get less wins to make more. Probably. I mean, fucking Federer's old as hell, dude. Um, Federer's number two. He's won 130. He's only 39. That's crazy. Uh, Djokovic is 33, and he's won 147.7 million. That's a lot of money to play tennis. Fuck yeah. Um, but, I mean, golfers make a lot of money, too. Um, but, I don't know. These two these two athletes are uh, not only very successful, but they're very um, inspiring to a lot of people. And, you know, they, they broke down barriers kind of in a lot of the same ways uh, maybe Tiger Woods did in the golf profession. You know, all-dominated white sport that, you know, an African-American excels at. Not only excels, but dominates and kind of – is that representation that I've talked about multiple times on this podcast when we talk about it. So I don't need to dive into that, but it's a big deal. It's and, huge. Um, the way they approach this movie, you know, as an homage to their father, I liked it. I mean, it's got a 92%, 91% on Rotten Tomatoes, excuse me. And I was looking at this before we get into our scale. And I, I just feel like some of these people who reviewed this like rotten, like, I don't know, kind of missed the picture. Talk, I don't know. Why? I mean, um, I definitely wouldn't. Spoiler alert, but. I don't know what this guy. This guy makes no sense. He's on battleship pretension. I don't. King Richard adheres to the rule book, giving us a conveniently structured interpretation of actual events, and then sticking some real life footage at the end as cherry picked proof of its own verisimilitude. I don't know what that word means. I don't think I've ever seen that word. I think when people try to be edgy and different with a review, they'll use words like verisimilitude that they'll never use in the they, conversation. They fucking got that thesaurus chilling on their fucking um, desk. That word means the appearance of being true or real. Okay, yeah, you don't need to use that word. Ever. Um, yeah, I, he probably did authentic synonyms. <laughs> um, King, This guy gave it a C plus, but a rotten. King Richard's overarching theme is that the ends justify his means. However, that's where the film and its perspective grow more complicated. I don't understand how that's a rotten. Um, this I didn't understand. It was kind of funny, though. Uh, basically, Smith still wants to be the lovable Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Only this time around, it's Fresh Prince of Bel Air teaches tennis. It's funny, but like that character's nothing like at all. It's not even fucking close. Um, this Soraya Nadia McDonald, top critic, uh, has a problem with Will Smith's acting, which is fine, I guess. If you're gonna attack something, at least attack that. I mean, it's better than you can be in the minority with that opinion, but at least it's something to yeah. look at and say, "Hey, I didn't like." Yeah, I mean, there's another one. There was one that I'm trying to find you. Um, okay, here it is. Uh, Neil Pollock of Book and Film Globe. The drama is often flat and uninspired, and it's a weird choice to take the story of possibly the two greatest American athletes ever and make it about their father, even if you do have Will Smith playing him. Like, this is a movie the sisters wanted to make about their father, and you're giving it a rotten because the movie's about the father and not. Not only that, like, I think it's a great choice, especially from, like, it seems like the father was very much like a media personality. Yeah. And to take that instead of doing it about A or B player, but to kind of have them be a part of this journey rather than the main focal point yeah, is something unique that I can't think of anything I've seen along these lines. Yeah, and I mean, you figure Serena's like the goat goat, and she's not even – she's like a side character. She's like, I mean, she's she the third. It's yeah. about mostly, you know, Richard and Venus. Venus. Yeah. And then, you know, Serena's there, but – Yeah, for sure. Um, so I don't know. I don't understand. I – Again, if you want to critique his acting, and I totally – I disagree, but I can totally see someone being like, look, this is just an Oscar chase by Will Smith, and you know he's trying to win that, that award, whatever. I get it. I don't think it's a good thing to give a movie rotten because you think he's chasing an Oscar. Like, if it's an Oscar-worthy performance, like, why does this blockbuster actor – why can't he do serious roles? You yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah. there's, like, this weird cinema thing where if you're fucking The Rock, you can't – but I don't know if The Rock will ever <laughs> try his chops at winning a, <laughs> a Best Actor. Um, Will Smith has been nominated twice. Um, Ali Pursuit of Happiness. And The Pursuit of Happiness. Great he was nominated movie. for Best Actor. He did not win in either of them. Who won those years? Um, he, when he was Ali, he lost to Denzel Washington for Training Day. Okay. And when he was The Pursuit of Happiness, he lost to Forrest Whitaker of The Last King of Scotland. I've legitimately never heard of that movie. Forrest Whitaker is in Star Wars and Black Panther. So I know of him. Yeah. So... Good actor. Let's get into the patent pending movie rating scale tie for King Richard plot slash story. I gave this a 16. Also gave it a 16. Oh, okay. Kind of on the same wavelength here. Um, yeah, it's again, I like the way they approached it from the Richard character, not the girls, but you see their life, you see his struggles, 
Um, you see the conflict of them growing up in the ghetto with like the gang dude fucking beating up the dad yep. and like showing his struggle and stuff. Uh, I wonder if that scene about him tr- like going to kill that dude and then watching him get murdered is real. I don't know. That's the tricky thing with these biopics yeah. is some things could be made up slash, you know, Hollywoodized. Yeah. You know, you make it more of an interesting story and events, you know, more for the big screen. Yeah, like that guy could have just got killed in a drive-by shooting and Okay, here we go. Um the this is just research on the spot. The King Richard drive-by shooting scene is inspired by horrible real events. Um the King Richard drive-by shooting scene you don't italicize movies. Um <laughs> is a cinematic marvel blah 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 blah. Um but some of the most affecting scenes in the film happened. I don't want to sign up for your newsletter. Almost exactly as they did in real life. And the drive-by scene is one of them. In the film, a group of gangsters, blah, blah, blah. So he gets a handgun he uses for security business. Tracks the gang to a local fast food spot. is about to kill their leader in a hellish moment. It's a hellish moment because we know that if Richard Williams is killed in retaliation or goes to prison, that will likely be the end of Venus and Serena's dreams as well. Obviously, we know that that's not what happened. So there might be not <laughs> as much uh, you know, what drama in that scene. But um, but then out of nowhere, a car pulls up. Who could it be? Fresh El Camino, Rolling Kilo G. Just kidding. That's not what it says. An arrival king. <laughs> it's like a man got murdered. Why are we rapping? <laughs> An arrival king banker takes out King Richard's nemesis for him. Days later, Richard Williams makes peace with the remaining gangsters who pledged to protect him. Um, is what really happened. According to Richard Williams' 2013 memoir, Black and White, The Way I See It, he writes that in December 1985, in my continuing effort to get the gang to stay away from the courts, I got into a fight with six or seven gang members, and when he woke up the next day, ten of my teeth were missing from being kicked out of my mouth. He also had a sprained arm, serious bruises, and broken ribs. Breathing caused me excruciating pains. Jesus. Um, so it seems like weeks... Sorry, I, I don't want to interrupt you. Weeks huh. went by as he recovered, worried over the cost of fixing the VW bus and plot of revenge. So I guess they beat up Fucked his bus up his car. He writes that he took a 12-gauge pump shotgun, not the slick handgun seen in the film, down to the tennis court. The gang member saw the shotgun and took off. I was disgusted and filled with rage. I went hunting, and I do believe I would have killed every one of them that day if I had found them. Eventually gave up and drove home. Um, but there was traffic because of an ambulance and police cars lying dead in the middle of the street was one of the gang members who had beaten me. He writes gathered around his body were his friends and family hearing their anguish. All of his anger left him. He writes, I had no idea what happened. But at that moment I knew I never wanted to cause that type of pain. So pretty close. I mean, not, I mean, he, he didn't see it happen. No, but, but fuck that's wild. It's wild yeah. shit. And like this story is very inspirational. Um, the scene where the cops show up at the house. Yeah. I, that's fucking moving. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a lot to like about this. I, I like the story. I like how it's told. I like how it shows their struggles, shows their growth, shows them diving deep, full on fucking going to like a tennis life. I don't need like it's not a retreat. Yeah. Like they're permanently at this tennis thing. Yeah. And they got a house and shit for it. Yeah. And like showing their growth, showing Which, their struggle. That guy said in the movie he gets 15%. Like I was reading, they ended up eventually leaving that guy as a coach. Like I wonder if he still got 15% of like the lifetime earnings or if it was 15% of just that Adidas deal. I don't know what it was. I mean, I think he, he said 15% of lifetime, lifetime yeah. earnings. I think that's like a, cause that's, I'm going to sponsor you while growing up. No matter what happens, I get some coin. That's $130 million just all on the court. If it's just that winnings, I mean, whew, fuck, that's like 20 million. Yeah. And then you not, not even like, did he sign like, yeah, Serena was there. I'm sure, yeah, she probably also. So he yeah. also has that money. Yeah. That's what well, I was saying, yeah, hundred. it was 140 combined or 150 combined. It's like 20, okay. 25 mil he made just off of their playing. So I don't know if that even counts endorsements, if he did get lifetime. It's crazy. Yeah. It's fucking <laughs> wild. Good investment by him. Yeah. I, crazy business strategy. <laughs> I didn't think that was like a real thing. Yeah. Like, I'll just move your family here and, and give you a house and Well, originally the me. family wasn't supposed to come. It was supposed to just be the girls. That's true. But, like, he still did it. It was Richard's plan, man. He knew his kids. He, he knew, knew his fuck, kids were. the plan. Um, the thing I really liked about the story, though, that I wanted to touch on before we move on is it is the story, like we've said, of their father. And it is told, like, through his eyes and everything. And it starts, you know, with them training in tennis and everything. But it ends when Venus turns pro and she loses, you know, the, the match against the world number one, which I looked up was actually the world number two at the time. <gasps> they fluffed that detail no. a little bit. Because it, it does Number sound... two doesn't have the same ring to exactly. it. It just doesn't. Still like a really big, you know, competition. But yeah, it doesn't. Did, was the fact that like she iced her mid-match, was that real? I didn't look into that. I'm sure it was though. Because that feels like something they could definitely hollow Hollywood. Like she was going to beat her and then she got iced. <laughs> um. 
but then they end after that and like you know venus goes on to struggle on the tour a little bit like i was watching an actual richard williams interview where it's like he wanted to play four tournaments her first year and then six and eight or whatever didn't win for a few years of course because she was like 15 years old (laughs) um but that's when it ends you don't see any of the playing and it's because that's kind of when king richard's story is over and it becomes um, obviously william's sister story yeah obviously he's still part of it you know he was still helping coach him and everything in real life they showed pictures of him you know at the matches and everything but yeah that's when it becomes venus and serena's story and that's kind of like the climax of the movie was him kind of realizing i mean climax is it, it was a climax is him kind of realizing you know with that argument with his wife that like it is finally you know venus's time to decide and kind of create her own path you know yeah absolutely. and you could have ended it there honestly but obviously you got to add that tennis match you know but that was kind of the moment where i was like okay he realized and you have that scene where he's crying you know at the tennis court with her and telling him about her, his dad and like you know that's when it becomes their story and the kind of this story's over we're going to show the match of course but yeah yeah i mean that scene i mean later on great fucking scene that's the scene they play if he wins the oscar <laughs> that's on the big screen yeah so, man, like, i was fucking i was te- getting teary-eyed yeah for sure it fucked me up for sure and it was emotional was so much character growth and acting and and like emotion out of it yeah. it's great it's fucking great next up though cinematography jay slash visuals slash visuals what do you give it i gave it a 15 okay i gave it a 16 okay. um I, I think it looked really good um, I liked I liked the shots. You knew when she was locked in on a serve. You knew when she was gonna fuck it up or hit it because they had like the slow mo shot of the sun <laughs> and stuff. And it was like, this is a good one. Yeah, the tennis shots were all good. Um, sports shots are hard in movies. Um, it can be hard to make them look real. And I don't know if they had stand-ins. I don't know if these actresses learned how to play tennis well enough to make it. You know, I'm sure if you look at it, if a fucking Serena watches this, she's probably like, okay, that form's wrong. That yeah, form's yeah, wrong, yeah. whatever. But to me, I mean, it looked like real tennis, and that could be hard to do. I mean, I watched some baseball movies, and it's like, what it's the fuck so is this? It's so noticeable. Um, and, you it's know, the worst thing ever when you're watching a sports movie of a sport you actually watch, and you can tell how unathletic the actor is, <laughs> and you're reminded that it was just a drama nerd on screen, and he never played sports. Um, so, I don't know. They did a really good job at that. It didn't take me out of it. All the tennis shots looked real, and there's a lot of tennis shots, you know. Um, the regular overall cinematography was just, it was what it was. It was a movie. It wasn't low budget. It wasn't high budget, I would imagine. Um, but I appreciated the uh, the tennis shots and everything actually looking, you know, respectable and not being just, you know, trash. <laughs> yeah, I will say the um, the green screen of them traveling in the van from California to Florida. <laughs> so bad. <laughs> so bad. They're on a stage. There's a green screen. They put fake driving. Yeah. Um, that's fine, though. It didn't take away from it too much. Wish they could have just gave me shots without, like, view of the windshield. It's also like 45 seconds of the movie. Yeah, but, again, it's so bad. <laughs> Um, no, I like that. Like the rain shot again, like that shot's so emotional and the way it's shot and like them on both sides of the court and shit. Like, yeah, it looks great. Um, I'm, tr- I need to take notes cause there were some things I wanted to bring up that looked really good and I just, I'm fucking blanking. Yeah. Take notes, Ty. I need to. I do. No, you don't. I'm looking at my notes right now. You fucking liar. I'm looking at my notes. You need to take notes. <laughs> I take them up here though. <laughs> um, there's just a lot of stuff that did look. Good. Um, nothing that blew me away. No fucking, you know, breathtaking visuals. It's not an artsy movie. No, it's, it's not. It's a biopic. And it's not, it's raw, but it's not super raw. I don't know. There's, there's, you know, Marriage Story is another, I don't know, that just comes up top of my head of a movie that's not like stunning visually on purpose, you know? Yeah, 100%. And um, it was a creative decision and, you know, it was a 15 out of 20, uh, but I'm not going to give it a fucking Infinity War CGI 20 out of 20. No, there was good shots though for like 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 um, I don't know what's called, but like like picture shots, where it's like shots in the movie where it's like framed and everything to where like that's supposed to be like a like you could take a screenshot and like look at this movie, like there's the one of Serena sitting down the hall like at the end of the hallway with the opening staring at the field, like that's a shot where like you want a picture of that part of the film. Okay, got it. I don't know what to call it. I it, I had to like explain media it. kit shots. Kind of yeah. The stills, there's just good Yeah, stills. there's a lot of good still moments. Okay. Look good. Okay. <laughs> Key elements. <laughs> I struggled with this, excuse me. Um, I don't know, Key elements, I mean, this isn't, it's a drama movie, but, I mean, it's rooted in reality, so it's you can only get so, you know, dramatic until you start becoming just not true or, you know, take the even the viewer out of it. Um, so it did that in a good way. It, it did. Um, the biography part of it. I mean, I looked up certain things like the scene where she's getting interviewed and he steps in. That was actually a real interview 
and they like took it word to word and like like perfectly recreated it um except in the real interview they were inside not outside i mean the real interview set was like really dark and everything so i understand why they made the creative (laughs) decision to make the interview outside um and there was other things like that he said in real life that kind of will smith emulated um what's up going back to cinematography really quick after she loses in the loud ass crowd noise and then the cut to dead silence in the locker room fucking great fucking great cinematography decision um chills and just you know from seeing what i saw i mean i will smith was telling a story about how you know, Serena and Venus kind of helped them throughout the whole process and but told them they wouldn't put their name on it until after they saw the film um, in its final stages because they didn't want to be executive producers if it was completely not, you know, what happened. And they're executive producers. They're listed as that. So they obviously thought it was real. Uh, Will was saying they were crying throughout the movie because like in like certain times they thought like that was actually their dad out there. Um, and for that reason, I gave it an 18. I mean, if you made the actual Venus Williams sisters Venus Williams. I said the Venus Williams sisters. Um, the Williams sisters, uh, you know, cry because the, I don't know. The biopic about their life brought no. them to tears. I gave it an 18. Maybe it could have been higher. I don't know. 18 feels right for me. I did 19. Okay. I'm, I'm, it's a biopic. And for me, like, judging biopics and shit is like, how much of this do they fucking bullshit? Seems yeah. like they got it pretty right. Yeah. Um, and also, like, afterwards, did this feel like a story that should be told? Yeah. 100% it should have been. Oh, for sure. A very moving, very emotional story, very unorthodox lifestyle mm-hmm. that led to two of the greatest athletes ever in their sport. Yeah. Um, 19, it's a fantastic biopic. Like, I wasn't, I, I thought it would be good, but I wasn't excited to watch it. And I, I was going to write an article while watching this movie. Never touched my laptop. I was drawn in. <laughs> um, it was, it was just a really, really well done storytelling on, on real events. And, Obviously, the drama and stuff can kind of lack from real mm-hmm. events. You can't overdo shit. So, like, you have to kind of view it in a different light in a little bit. Yeah. And I think with everything they did, it was fantastic. Yeah, for sure. And I'm just, like, looking at an article right now, uh, like, looking at all these different, um, like, is it real, is it fake? And it's, like, oh shit, all sounds really real. I mean, the Nike deal, Venus spoken for languages. I don't know why they would make that up. um yeah i don't know it it seems very accurate so it's a very unique story that's why you can make it accurate like they did yeah and it just it works it works really really well that it does that it does 78 page plan characters (laughs) tied i feel like i'm a little too high here okay I, i don't know if i should i don't know am i giving will smith too much credit here maybe you are maybe you aren't this is your score jay stand by it I gave him. I gave characters an eighteen. Yeah, I gave it a nineteen. Okay. Um, Will Smith's fantastic. Both the girls are fantastic. John Bernthal's great as like the kind of wacky coach who's scarified to talk to Richard, which feels like something really. <laughs> you say scarified? <laughs> Did I? I think you just said scarified. Scarified. <laughs> um, terrified to talk to Richard. Like I, I, the girls are fantastic. Will Smith is really, really good in this, and the emotional moments hit really, really well. Um, the mom's also great in the few kind of emotional scenes. Yep. Um, but that scene in the tennis court in the rain before she goes pro and the scene when the cops show up at the house, like those are incredible acting moments and so much yeah. emotion and shit. Yeah. I don't really know what else I have to add on top of that. Um, his portrayal of the character was fantastic. Like I said, it made the Williams sisters cry. So obviously there was some sort of uh, accuracy there and it was, you know, like, I don't know. You see this, this, it's weird because it's a real person, so it's like kind of weird to talk about the character arc of a character in a biopic. But I mean, people have character arcs in their real life. It's a life journey. Um, but you do see kind of you know the the arc from like him controlling them, and you know I don't want to say controlling in a negative way, and then him finally finally relinquishing and realizing it's their story and everything, um, and just the subtle details, you know. And he he's been great, man. He was he was witty, he was funny, and I'm sure the real Richard Williams was also funny. I mean, he was a media darling, whatever. Um, I don't want to say media darling, but it was great. I don't know. He's played this character really well. Um, it was a great acting performance. I mean, this is a movie that is, that is the success of this movie is driven by the performance of Richard a hundred percent. And this movie cannot be what it is. If it's a bad performance, if it is fake, you know, disingenuous, um, maybe even too serious where it doesn't feel, it feels disingenuous that way. Mm -hmm. Um, and he nailed it. You know, it felt like, you know, 
you're really watching the, the Williams sisters grow up. Like they, this, they filmed this while they grew up. I don't know. It was great. Yeah. Uh, the scenes like with the first coach where like he's arguing with the fucking, you know, crazy good coach. Yeah. Like that feels like that, what that character should be doing and stuff like that. Yeah. And so the little things mixed with the big things that really make it good. Um, the two girls in this, I don't know how old they are in real life. Well, was there an actor switch because they uh, there was three years in the future? I couldn't tell sure. if it was an actor switch or a let's change your hairs, let's make you look a little older. Yeah, I think that's probably what it was. Um, you know, and it looks like just two girls are listed. Yeah. So uh, it's the same girls, but they were fantastic. And that's not always the case with child actors. No. <laughs> and I think they played authentic, you know, kids, essentially. Mm-hmm. I think they played it very authentically. And I don't think they blew me away or anything, but for kid actors – to play authentic, to not feel like I'm watching a kid try and act is very, very hard. And they did a very good job of that. Um, John Bernthal. I love him and everything he's in. It's fucking great. Uh, the girl who plays Venus Williams, uh, Sanaya Sydney. She's also in fences, which won an Oscar for, I believe best actor. Damn. Um, I think Denzel won it that for that. Maybe not Denzel. Um, but yeah, so she's also in that. So her cinematography was short, only four movies, but two bangers there. Yeah. I'm fantastic. Um, Trying to look with the other girl. I don't think the other girl's in anything I've seen. Ooh, John Berthal's in Berthal is in a Peanut Butter Falcon. Love that movie. That's yeah, his he highest was. rated movie. He was in that. Ninety five percent for Peanut Butter Falcon. Don't forget it. Did he's... we ever review that? Oh, like I don't think we did. I think we talked about it pre scale. Yeah, it's not on our scale. So either we talked about it and didn't review it, or we did review it. And Riley, when she went back, you know, weeks and weeks and weeks ago, and you know. Over a year ago, actually, and she found our old reviews. She might have missed it. Maybe it was in our bracket. Yeah, probably. So we we talked about it and discussed it, but never did an official rating on it. Probably that sounds about. I think right. that's where it was a uh, where it was at. No, yeah. Um, let's let's get to enjoyment. Then I have a, a question for you. Enjoyment, Ty. I enjoyed this movie. Um, it was great. I did watch it in two chunks. Admittedly, not that it was boring or anything. That's just what I did. I gave it a sixteen. Gave it a seventeen. Okay. I'm just a little bit above you, like all three of these scores. Yeah. <laughs> um, it, it, I had a really good time with it. Like I said, I was planning on doing other stuff while watching it and just kind of split attention. It grabbed my attention. I thought yeah, it was great. That's um, true for me, too, because I was going to like work or whatever. Maybe not work, but it worked. Yeah. Yeah. I would I would 100% recommend this to someone. Yeah. And for biopics, it's kind of hard to like want to rewatch a biopic. Yeah. But I could see me wanting to rewatch this. Like it's an emotional, very well told story mm-hmm. and just overall what I learned from it was educational. Yeah. No, I just had a, I had a good time with it. I mean, it's, it's a little educational. I mean, teaching diversity and everything because it is a big thing. And I mean, luckily, I mean, it's still an issue, but luckily we don't see it as bad in 2021 or even when we were growing up that they did in the nineties and the eighties. But like, you know, playing these, these white dominated sports and everything. And like yeah. literally being the, I don't want to say poster child, but the, you know, one to break down barriers and, like, there was a scene where Richard told Venus, like, you know, you got the weight of the world and every little girl is, you know, looking at you, whatever he said. Um, I don't know. It just it just makes you realize it puts things into perspective. And I think that's the kind of films we need. Um, not everything has to be superheroes, even though I love my Spider-Man. I'm probably going to give it a higher score than this. But um, <laughs> you need stuff like this because, you know, and I hate getting sappy and being like that guy, but it's like there's a kid out there that's going to watch this, and whether it's tennis or fucking disc golf is going to, you know, take something Sport from of the it. Future. Um, yeah, and it, there, it's it's great. I just I really like it. I like the message, and it's a real message. That's the thing, and that's what's so great about it. It's, it's like not fake. This Venus, is a real story. Yeah, Venus and Serena have both been in the forefront of like representation, giving back to the community, and all that stuff. You know, and standing up for social justice and all that stuff, and like, you know, that's all that they're definitely getting their message across. I'm not trying to say that they're not, but like when you put it in a film like this, I don't know, it just gives it that much more because you have people who, you know, maybe wouldn't listen to the message otherwise, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So no, I, I definitely agree. And like the scene where after she loses and she's all sad and then she walks out and there's like a bunch of people excited just to see her. Yeah. Like that's a great thing. Like it, it just, it matters that much just that you were out there doing what you were doing at your age as a person of color. And like that, I'm very positive that was probably real. So two questions. Number one, Tiger Woods' dad got a bunch of flack for like working Tiger super hard and, you know, golf, 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 all this stuff. Like how long until Tiger watches this and like, let's make a movie about my dad? Okay. Um, I don't know if they did the documentary. I don't know if they have a good relationship. I don't remember. (laughs) I I don't know. They did the Tiger documentary this time last year. 
which pretty much touched on all those things about his father being overbearing and all that. That's a great question. Um, they came up around the same time. Yeah, it's. I don't know. I don't. I don't know how to go about this. Because, like, I feel like with Tiger, the really interesting stuff is like, yeah, he was really good at golf, but he also had some scandals. It's like, who the fuck cares about Young Tiger? Yeah, there's I'm, a more like interesting story to be told there later on. I mean, watch the doc. Maybe if it's like Moon Knight. I don't, did you ever watch Moon Knight? No. It's told from like when he's a child to when he's a teen to when he's an adult, and it's like three different actors. I need that kind of Wood, Tiger Woods okay. biopic. Um, okay, that works. Um, and then my second question is, obviously we don't know the field yet. There's going to be so many more movies. I don't know when the Oscar movies usually come out, but like, do you think Will Smith gets a nomination for this? While I really enjoyed it and I think he's probably deserving, something in me says no. Okay. And the movie I get a lot of vibes to, and it's a completely different movie, is Uncut Gems, where you have this big name actor. Adam Sandler's a little bit more like what watch the fuck? that, watch that last week. Um, Adam Sandler <laughs> in a serious role, but it's almost like these big actors who take these more serious roles, and like all it takes is that little bit of like, oh, this guy like Oscar buzz, and then it just snowballs because they're such big names, and then you know. I don't know what the landscape's going to be because I don't know how many small budget movies we're going to get because COVID is still making that impact and everything. I don't know. I just feel like I unfortunately feel like he's going to get snubbed. I hope he doesn't because it's a fantastic, fantastic performance. Just because Adam Sandler also got snubbed, did not get nominated, even though I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I feel like I want to go yes just because Will Smith's like previously been nominated. So it's not like a... Yeah, Adam Sandler's a little bit more breaking barriers. Yeah, it's a lot bigger jump for Adam Sandler to get there than someone who's been nominated twice and has really done very well in, like, former serious roles. Yeah. Like, sure, he has fun and he's hilarious in some of his stuff, but he's also, like... Pursuit of Happiness is another incredible movie with an incredible performance and, like, so much emotion. So it's not like this is the first time we've seen this from him. Yeah, that's true. Um, That's fair. And so I think that helps. I'm trying to think of other movies. I don't know how like the time, the time works. Um, like, is it like literally January to December for best pictures or? Well, it's going to be in the next Academy Awards. But like, like, no matter what, do we have until February or when did that start? I'm trying to think of like the movies that we watched forever ago. Uh huh. Oh, I get what you're saying. Um, okay, so the 2022 Academy Awards got postponed a month to March 27th, 2020. The show was originally going to take place February 27th, 2022. Or I said 2020, 2022. Um, in order to be eligible for the awards, films must be released between March and December of this year. March and this. Oh, so it's like a smaller grouping this year because of COVID. Yeah, so March to December. Which, what about January and February? Where did those go? The previous Academy Awards? And do the January and February movies from this year go to the next Academy Awards? Yeah, probably. Be my guess. So right now, I'm on. I'm on Variety. Here's some of the things they have um, expected, like expected uh, people to be nominated. Okay. Will Smith, King Richard, Andrew Garfield, Tick Tick Boom. Okay. It's the new musical yep. movie. Tried watching it. Very musical. Yeah. Very. I watched it. I paused. I'm gonna go back on it, but I gotta be in a better mood to watch it. Benedict Cumberbatch for The Power of Dog. Okay. Bradley Cooper, Nightmare Alley. Denzel okay. Washington, The Tragedy of Macbeth. Um, I, Peter Dinklage in a movie, Leonardo DiCaprio and Don't Look Up. That hasn't even released yet. That's just because Leo is That's just Leo. Gonna, yeah. It's just fucking Leo. Um, something called Jockey, Javier Bardem and Being the Ricardos. I don't know. Simon Rex and Red Rocket. That was a movie that was possibly on our on our. What about uh, Clint Eastwood and Cry Macho? I I think I'm gonna have to scroll for quite a while to get there. I saw I unrelated. I heard people at the dog park talking about that movie, and this this guy Mexican guy was like, "Yeah, it was a great movie." Like telling someone about it that they should go watch it. And I was like, "Fuck, don't do it to him. Don't do it." <laughs> I I'm just going through it. Oh fuck, Jay! And the unranked, which is like there's 30, and then it jumps off number 30. Daniel Craig, No Time to Die. Maybe. Yeah. Okay, so he's- you're gonna well, time out. You're gonna love this one, Chris Pratt in the Tomorrow War. <laughs> he's on the fucking list, my guy. That I didn't make the list. 
So maybe Anthony Ramos a, in the Heights. Maybe he will get a nomination then. I, yeah, I'm looking. Ah, uh, Clint Eastwood, Cry Macho. <laughs> <laughs> Why is this on here? There you go. Um, so gross. Maybe he will get a nod, and I hope he does. It was a great performance. Is it a winning performance? I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, I think this year I really haven't watched any of these like highly. I feel like we never do until like we get the actual like. And then we just kind of go through them. Yeah, once we learn the nominees, that's when we, you know, because that's when I watched 1917 and Parasite yeah. and all that stuff, you know. Yeah, same. So, I mean, maybe that's, we'll go through and come back to it. But as of right now, he's ranked one on Variety. But that's obviously like recency biases heavily yeah. being involved there. For sure. For sure. Because, uh, I mean, the next one, number two, is Andrew Garfield and Take Take Boom, which released like the exact same time. These are just the two most Power Dog also released like two weeks ago. Yeah, so so they're just going with the recency bias. Is it Oscar season though, uh, maybe. Like, is there like an Oscar season? Oscar nomination oh, voting begins time. January twenty seventh. The Oscar season is a time period in which Hollywood studios release or promote films that they consider most likely to be critically acclaimed, hoping to win the Academy Awards. Oscar season usually begins in late fall, early winter, around November, and ends on December thirty first of that year. Fuck yeah. So we're in Oscar season. so That, that makes sense why all the Oscar stuff's coming out. Yeah. <laughs> okay. That's going to be the reason Chris Pratt doesn't get nominated for Tomorrow War. Should have uh, just released during Oscar season. Uh, if he would have released during Oscar season, we wouldn't have watched that movie, and I would have fucking <laughs> And I would have missed that on a great time. I would have got two hours of my life back. A fantastic time. 36 out of 100. Uh, my score for King Richard's 83 out of 100, Ty. 87 out of 100. Ooh, pretty high. Time. It is pretty high, but I feel like this is a fantastic biopic. Like this is one of the best biopics I've seen. Okay, um, so I, I kind of stand by it. Giving it a final score of eighty-five out of a hundred. Twenty-fourth out of a hundred and two movies. It did crack the top twenty-five. It sure did. That's that's it's Oscar season. <laughs> that's why our last three movies have all been on our top twenty-five. King Richard got half a point lower than Encanto. Um, ta- law. I mean, law-abiding citizen. We just so happen to watch during Oscar season. <laughs> Eighty-seven and a half, <laughs> biggest snub in Oscar history. Honestly, <laughs> that's top fucking fifteen right there. Now, I had a great time with this movie. Um, I think it was really, really, really well made, a well-told story with great performances, and uh, highly recommend it. Me too, Ty. Highly. It's Excuse not. Me, sorry. It's not superhero. It's not law-abiding citizen. It's not dad action. It's just a good movie. That I think everyone can enjoy, despite the fact that it's kind of like an Oscar-y type movie. I feel like it's Common Man's Oscar movie. Yeah. Which I like. I like it, too. Um, you mentioned it was the best biopic you've ever seen. Maybe I don't know if you said that. Um, the best biopic I think I've ever seen, Ty, is another movie that got Oscar buzz. And that is a film by the name of A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. You ever seen this film? Nope. You've never seen this? No. It is fantastic. It yeah, is you've told me multiple Tom times. Tom Hanks playing Steve Rogers. Yeah. I'm looking at your glasses. You better not be cheating. No, I'm looking at John Bernthal because um, I was closing out my tabs. A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. Again, another biopic. Um, similar but different. I mean, big name actor Tom Hanks, Will Smith, um, critically acclaimed. Tom Hanks nominated for Best Supporting Actor, which it was weird. He was Best Supporting Actor. He wasn't the main character of that no, movie? No, there was like a journalist he was interacting with, and for some reason that guy was considered the main character. See, that feels like a weird – like this one I liked that it was told through the lens of their dad. But it wasn't. That's the thing. Them telling it through the lens of the journalist is stupid. But they didn't really do that. I think for whatever reason it's just like they wanted to get Tom Hanks on the list. Like, yeah, you ever been nominated for Supporting Actor? He's like, no, I don't think I have that one yet. Anyways, he didn't win, but he was nominated. Okay. It's got 372 reviews in Rotten Tomatoes, 2019 Ooh. film. Okay. 2019. What Was the film nominated for Best Picture? Uh, 2019. I think that was a real good year. That was a heavy year. I don't believe it was, but I almost don't want to tell you that because I don't want to help you here. I mean, I'm assuming it was around there. You already told me he was nominated as an actor. Um, No. The uh, nominees this year. This was a good year. Parasite. Banger. Ford versus Ferrari. Banger. Never John Bernthal. <laughs> the Irishman. Banger. Psych. <laughs> I was <laughs> like. Fucking sucked. What the fuck did you just say? We fucking sucked so bad. <laughs> Jojo Rabbit. Banger. Joker. Banger. That's weird that Joker was. Bradley Cooper was in Joker? Is that a, is that a mistake? Bradley Cooper in Joker? It says Joker. Todd Phillips, Bradley Cooper, Emma Tillinger, Koskoff. I think that's a mix up. Did he did. Bradley Cooper was not in Joker. Yeah. Uh, Little Women. 
I didn't watch Heard it. it's a banger. Yeah. Marriage Story. Banger. 1917. Banger. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Banger. It also, not only is that a great year for movies, but like, we've only been doing this pod for a couple of years, just dominates the top of our list. Well, yeah. I mean, 1917's four, and then we go down Joker's 10, Jojo Rabbit 11, Marriage Story 16. Um, what other one did you say? Um, Joker. Already said that. Um, Jojo Rabbit. Already said that. 1917. Already said that. Marriage Story. Where's Marriage Story? Marriage Story might be a little lower. That's about it, though. Yeah, just a great, great, great year for uh, films. Um, so Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is not. What do you think it got in Rotten Tomatoes? Or not? Uh, Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood was not nominated. We're Random gonna go. What do you think it got? Eighty nine percent. Ninety five. Damn. Higher than King Richard. Since it wasn't nominated, I was thinking like in the eighties. Okay. Ninety five. That's up there. It's a great movie. It's Tom Hanks playing Steve Rogers. Everyone, Rod- you know what else? Wait, everyone, uh, did t- I say Steve Rogers earlier? You did, <laughs> Mister Rogers. Fred Rogers. Fred, Ro- I mean, Steve Rogers is still Mr. Rogers, and after you call him Steve Rogers, you got to change the first name. Fred Rogers. Okay. Fuck that up. That's the name of you coming out in my brain. I need the I need the fan art of Tom Hanks as Captain America. <laughs> <laughs> sure it exists. <laughs> um, fuck. Okay. That's fair. That's um, all I got for you, Ty. Yeah, next week we have I'm, – I'm trying to find the right tab. Don't look up. Netflix film starring everyone. Uh, Leo, Jonah Hill, I already looked this up. Jennifer Lawrence, Ariana Grande, Timothy Chalamet, Chris Evans, Steve Rogers. Are these, are these real or is it like the Google when it says they're in it but they're not really in it? I mean, I'm 90% sure because I very much remember like this casting's insane. Okay. I, I, I will say it's just on Google, but I'll go to the IMDb if that makes you feel better. Timothy Chalamet, Leonardo DiCaprio, Jennifer Lawrence, Melanie Linsky, Kate Blanchett, yeah. Meryl Streep, yep. Ron Perlman, yep. Jonah Hill, you already yep. said him, Ariana Grande, Tyler Perry, Matthew Perry, Kid Cudi. Kid Cudi. Yeah, there's a lot of people in this movie. Hamish Patel. I know that name. I don't know what I know it from. Yesterday. He's a guy in Yesterday. He's in Tenet. Okay. The main guy from Yesterday? Yeah, he's, he's he was good in that movie. He was good. Um, directed by Adam McKay. Two low-level astronauts, astronomers, must go on a giant media tour to warn mankind of an approaching comet that will destroy planet Earth. I think it's supposed to be, like, funny, too. I mean, dark comedy? I don't know. What's it's, his name? Is very He's a great com, uh, like comedy director, Adam McKay. Yeah. So, that's going to be great. Um, we have Spider-Man. May release it early. Might come out next Friday. The podcast might come out next Friday. So, we'll see, though, how we're feeling after we watch it, how much of our mind is blown. Gavin's already asking to see it with us. He was like... His mom texted Riley saying, like, oh, can you get him to take a seat with you guys? And we're like, it's too late. But I was thinking, maybe I'll just go take him to see an IMAX. Maybe we'll just go on. Maybe we can't record Friday because we're watching it again. <laughs> we're going back to back. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm stoked. We're only a week away, Ty. But uh, first, we'll be uh, Don't Look Up on the pod. Next week. In the meantime, be a good friend, everybody. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet 
BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. This is the place where Black is the main character, where we dive into something new like the latest season of Them, The Scare, and the award-winning American fiction. Or add to the experience by buying or renting the biopic of a legend, Bob Marley, One Love. And add on channels like Paramount Plus and Stars to bask in nostalgia with Beverly Hills Cop and BMF. Explore Prime Video's culture-rated collection and enjoy old-school greats and new-school hits. Restrictions apply. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details.